Welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Simon. And I'm Stuart. We're both property people running our own businesses. This podcast is just us chatting, as we often do, about anything and everything property. So do you want to start us off, Stuart? Because you, uh, you went to an auction recently. Yeah, so I went to an auction last Thursday down in the southwest. I had my eye on two potential properties. There's a, a convent and I That's right. the other one. Oh. Convent stroke former brothel. Mm-hmm. And yep. the other one was a, a Victorian property that was split into three flats. Um, but to be honest, once I, when I arrived at the auction, I, I was pretty, uh, well, I was already aware that I probably wouldn't be getting what I wanted purely because of the amount of people in the room. Oh, wow. How many? Do you, as an idea? Oh, I, I would put it in the region of 50 to 70, I think, maybe. How many lots were there in the auction? Uh, about 14, 14-ish. So it was, it was a small auction, quite mm. succinct. But because all of the properties were local, I knew that there would be quite a bit of competition on mm. certain properties. So um, as always, I'd kind of done my uh, numbers beforehand and worked out the sort of range that I would bid and wouldn't bid. And had you done any surveys or legal checks? Or on these like ones, no, actually. Um, I had done on a previous auction property where I bought, I did go through all of the legal process before I even went to the auction. On these ones, because of the value of them, I mean, you know, it's still a lot of money, but I was more confident that should I win it, you know, that anything that came out, if I won it at the, at the prices we wanted, I knew that things that came out of it. Um, yeah, you had enough contingency in there. Too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so you know, you know, not not for say subsistence, but then you know, I walked around both properties with my builder, so again, yeah, that gives me an, an element of confidence. You know, we had good looks at the roof and walked around, so structurally, I was, I was more confident. Obviously, you never know with legals, and clearly, we'd never advise anyone to go to an auction. Um, no, it's, it's definitely good to be prepared and yeah. check these things in advance where you can. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, so the first auction I went to was for, for properties in the southwest, but the, the auction was in London, and I think that worked in my favour, because the, the, the competition was lower, whereas this, the competition was higher. So, um, But it was really interesting nonetheless, because I think the, you know it's probably the, only the third auction I've been to, but you start to pick up on language of the auctioneer, oh. and also how people interact the auction. So it was... I saw it as another really good learning day of learning for me. But yeah, that's the biggest event this week for me. How about you? Well, before we get to that, what happened? <laughs> I didn't know. You can't say you went to an auction and you were looking for two properties. And didn't know. I, thought, I, I thought I said, yeah, I didn't get No, so both of them went above. You know, one of them went close to what my bottom price was, but I usually come, I would usually come in towards the end of the bid anyway. And I knew that if I came in at the stage I was going to come in, the, the, the price would have just gone up to past what my thresholds were so so long story short is that I didn't bid on either of them because they both went and the the second one went for 10k plus above the above the top guide price in the auction which I wouldn't have been prepared to pay either so so no no wins this day but like I say for me it was still a good experience and learned a lot about how auction is communicate during the auction which is uh, yeah. interesting yeah 
by, by communicate, or what do you mean? You mean to, to the audience? Or? Yeah, so just little things. I think if you haven't been to auctions before, you might, yeah, I haven't yet. It's, it's you might not pick up on them, but if you've been before, you start to... And some of it's just really straightforward language. So, um, you know, if, you know, if it's, let's say bidding started at 150, and he says, right, we're, go- we're going down to 150, but it, but it won't sell at that price, he's saying, basically, he's telling you reserves not met. So, you know, you can bid at 150, but you, you, can, be, um, you can be sure it, will, it, it won't be sold at that stage. Yeah, it's going to have to go higher. Yeah. So you have to go higher. Equally, sometimes, you know, if the bidding's good, let's say the guy price is 150 or 200, and you're on 145, if he says, um, you know, okay, so I'm taking bids at 145 and it will sell in the room today, then you know that you're now bidding on a live property and it's little thing little nuances like this that you don't necessarily pick up on at first that are there Mm. which are really good also the auctioneer is quite within his rights just to take imaginary bids um and they do that isn't that only allowed up to the point where it reaches reserve yeah yeah i think i've heard that before exactly that yeah Mm. so sometimes you know if you sit there and you scratch your chin with a pen (laughs) like i did and he sort of looks at you and goes and i'll take five there and I'm sort of looking around going, well, not me. <laughs> but he's just taking bids in the room to try and get up to that reverse, uh, reserve price. Yeah, yeah. So, but I, I mean, I'd advise anyone interested in property, get along and just go to one just to... I mean, I made sure I went to one before I went to my first light, you know, one where I wanted to yeah. be just, just to make sure I was comfortable with the setup. Yeah, it's definitely something I want to try just to, to mm. see, see how well it works. And uh... You should, I'll let you know the next time mm. I go to one in London. Yeah, yeah, that'd be quite good. I imagine the ones in London are pretty big um, in terms of attendance and things. Yeah, I mean, varied, varied. I mean, it, it depends on the auctioneer. So you might have all sops, they're really, really big. So they'll have big ones in, say, Mayfair and, and whatever. Mm-hmm. Then you might have smaller agents. Um, but again, you can be quite big, but some of them aren't as big as you might expect. I mean, the one I did for the one in, um, I think it was in Kensington, was quite small, so it wasn't that big. Mm-hmm. Oh. So there you go. So right. cool. Um, right, I'll go back to your question now. <laughs> so um, my what I've been doing recently is working on adding some finance to to a couple of my properties. So there, one of them is on a um, a very good um, base rate tracker mortgage. So I don't don't want to touch that one. Um, and the other one I've just remortgaged onto a relatively low. Um, fixed rate for, for five years now um, but I'm now for both of those looking at um, extending the borrowing getting further further money from the same lenders mm-hmm. uh, so I've been uh, juggling figures to try and work out how much I could get and how much would be sensible to get and how much I could afford to get and and then what I could do with those funds that, that could be extracted um, and whether whether it's actually possible to extract enough to make them useful, <laughs> mm. um, which is it's always challenging because the, um, the the further borrowing rates are a lot higher than than the, the sort of main borrowing. What sort of rates are you looking at? So the the further borrowing rates I'm looking at um, on both of them actually is three point seven four I think, um, and the uh, the tracker is one point two five above base, so that's not currently two. Um, and the the fix I've just gone for was two 
2.6 or 2.7, I think. Mm, that's um, good. So the, um, the further borrowing is, is a, a lot more expensive <laughs> than the, the current ones. Mm. Um, and the, there's a reasonable amount of equity in both property, or both properties, sorry. Um, but it's, as in it's tens of thousands in total, but is, will that then be enough to, to provide a deposit for another property is the, the puzzle I'm trying to work out at the moment. Mm. And um, I, want to, I want to invest locally to me here at the moment um, so that I can self-manage the, the properties more easily. Um, and this is not a cheap area. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so I think the minimum I need to have available to put into a, a new purchase in this area is probably in the sort of 90,000 range. Um, again, I'm slightly restricting myself because I have a, a strong preference towards um, freehold rather than leasehold. Um, but, uh, but I think I'd probably be looking at a, a two-bed place, um, probably slightly south of here, so probably in Hawley, So I'm currently thinking. So it's just a little bit cheaper. Mm. Um, and if I could manage to get 90000 out of um, the, the equity in these two properties, then, uh, then I think I could probably just about manage to get a two-bed in, in Hawley. But it, it's going to be extremely close. And I'm not quite sure the valuations on these two properties is going to support raising that much. Mm. Yeah. Is that, um, are you basing that on, a, on, on the potential future purchase on a sort of 75% loan to value? Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to avoid going higher than 75 at the moment. Yeah. Um, there, there are obviously mortgages that will take you up to 85, but um, yeah. Rarely on a, I'm a bit, single let. A bit risk averse. No, you can. You, you can definitely get 85 ones on, on single lets. Um, and there, not, there may not be many. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say they must be relatively new because yeah, typically it's usually um, one savings bank who's Kemp Reliance and well, who else are there? I think uh, Interbay. But usually, oh, you, you know exactly who more than me. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I couldn't name any of the brands. But that's, that's interesting because usually on a standard relief, I mean, I know sort of like Paragon go up to eighty, but it's very rare for a single let. So if you know a oh. couple. I wonder if I'm thinking of 80 rather than 85. Mm, I might be, but yeah. Um, but either way, but yeah. So anyway, I'm definitely restricting myself to 75. That, yeah, that's a deliberate choice, and I'm not going higher than that on the two that I'm refinancing either. Mm. Um, I, I don't want to. Although, in actual fact, um, I think both of those are more likely to be restricted by the um, the rental cover requirements. So we do that on the one point. No. Uh, 1.55 or 1.155% or 145%. Oh, quirky. Now I've got to try and remember the calculation of all the criteria I've been looking at for these further yeah. borrowings. I think they're 145%. Yeah. And I think they're at a 4.5 stress rate. Yeah, because most think? banks, when I've done it, they look at 5.5. Mm-hmm. So they look at a 5.5 rate and then a, a minimum of 100. I mean, again, it bank dependent but then we'll look at 145 so they'll look at 5.5 so it is you know it's, it's definitely I mean much more stringent now especially on single lets to make it work so if you're looking at a two bed in Hawley what's the um, 
typical, what's the average room uh, property rental, roughly? Um, this depends quite a lot, actually, on the area of hauling. So I think should be looking at anything from 1,000 up to maybe 1,200 at the absolute top. Um, but I think most of them, so sort of an average, is probably going to be 1,050 or 1,100. Okay, so 12,000 for Adam. Your mental is far better than mine. <laughs> I'll take <laughs> your word for it. Yeah, well, we just go one times 12. <laughs> I can do that. Um, yeah. So then... Um, hmm. Yeah, it's, a bit, it's too much for my mind to work out either as well. But, um, <laughs> the uh, the purchase prices that um, seem to be on on the market. Well, I don't know about purchase prices. The asking prices that seem to be on the market um, range from uh, two eighty at the cheaper end up to well three fifty um, would, would be sort of the, a very expensive two bed. Mm. So there's there's a reasonable range. And uh, I would need to be looking for something slightly below the bottom of that <laughs> as yeah. an actual purchase price. So, so if you bought something at 300 and you've got a 75% loan to value, that would take you... Are you going to try and make me do more mental math for <laughs> no, no, I'm going to do it for you. So, so you'd have a 225 grand mortgage. If you say so. And then... This um, is why I write software to do this for me. <laughs> I can't do it in my head. And then, so your rate on that, let's just say 5% for the sake of maths, that is 22, so that's 11,000. Mm, it's going to be it's going to be close. Uh, what's close, sorry? I haven't With, done the so, um, yeah, so I was just thinking of, so the interest rate, so the... Oh well, yeah, it depends what what you always think of interest, don't oh, really. you? You're thinking about the stress rate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm yeah. just thinking of your... Your uh, mortgage versus rental. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. It, indeed, the calculations are tight as well on mm. that on the new purchase as well. So yeah, it would. Um, yeah, it would only just fit. But that's how we do it, isn't it? We work it out and we yeah. make it happen. No point in leaving spare money hanging around. <laughs> no. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's the. You can. It's the interesting thing for me because you say, and again, it's just depending on which side of the fence you look at. When you you say, well, the further borrowing percentage is high. Well, yeah, it is compared to your existing borrowing. But if you went out into, the, if you walk down the high street and say, hello, Mr. Bank Manager, can I borrow 45 grand? They say, yeah, that's fine. I'll give you 15% or, you know, if you, if you 10% if you're lucky. So then again, 3.74, I'm thinking, hmm, that's not bad. For, yep. Yeah, um, that's a good point. Yeah. So um, what, what sort of interest rates are your mortgages currently on? Just, just give well, this will make you feel good. Because your, your HMO mortgages, so they're typically higher. Yeah, yeah so they range from... Well, and you're a limited company, most of yours as well, aren't you? Yeah. Because I'm looking all personal names. Yeah. Another, another push upwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's too much for my brain to cope with today. But um, so typically, I mean, so Kent Reliance were, were around 5.29. But again, they're 85, 85% loan to value, they were. Um, now they're, they're around 4.5 now. Well, they are, depending on whether you go two-year fixed, two-year variable. They'll either be 4.59 or 4.79. So most of mine are, are either 4.59 or 4.79 now. Mm-hmm. So, so have you been recently re- remortgaging to those newer rates? I always remortgage. 
So, but I, do, I usually do it at the front end. I'm not, I'm not smart like you. I don't wait until I've got a lot of value. <laughs> I, do it, I do it at the front end to take all my money out and move on. But that has cost me. So, um, so I, I am in the throes of doing one right now. I hate talking about it, but we are close to offer. Um, and that was on my seven-bed seven um, HMO, which I bought. It's a topic for another day, but I bought that as a keys undertaking. So I took control of the property before I bought it. Oh, okay. Um, and I bought that for 260 And I've just had that revalued by the bank. So it's always a low valuation because I put in 330 They valued it at 310 So, um, and they'll be loaning 80% against that. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Is that valued as a NHMO business or is that valued as a, as a residential property? See, so, so, so that's a really good point on this one because I'm not sure because some banks sell in somewhere in between the two. I think it's, no. I'm not sure if they're, they're taking it all on the rental revenues. I think it's, it's somewhere between the two. So it's, it's more bricks and mortar than it is commercial loan, I think. Okay. To I, um, but usually when you're talking six, seven beds plus, then you are looking more commercial. Yeah. Um, I haven't really looked into these guys actually to work out what they've done because of the, it's one of these properties that just sort of sits somewhere in the middle. Ideally, I'd want it to go commercial in the end. Yeah. But right now it's fine for what it is. Yeah, so that's um, that one. But they've now just sent a letter with like 10 requests of, you know, this is the thing, getting further borrowing always sounds really easy, but they now need a revised business plan. Um, you know, they need two years worth of accounts, company accounts, personal accounts. Yeah, and so on and so on. So, you know, that landed in my inbox today, actually. So, yeah, so now you've got to jump through all the hoops they need. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so that'll probably take a few weeks to get that out. But, um, sorry, go on. No, no, but I was going to say, but it's something I need to do for the business because, mm. you know, as you know, I have investors. So, a lot of the capital that I pull out will, will be returned to investors. Yeah. So, are you. I assume you're taking fixed rate mortgages when you take mortgage at the moment. Uh, yeah, I usually do. I usually only do two years, though. Yeah, that was going to be my question. What was your current uh, preference on I um, period of fix or length of fix? Yeah, for me, two or three years because I have done a. F- I'm sure I've done a five year previously, and I've just found that you just well, you, we can't predict what's going to happen, and you can argue both sides. So I I understand people yeah. that fix it for five years. Because at least you know where you're at. I think for my business, I'd rather do the two years because the other thing for me, the dreaded ERCs, early repayment charges, mm-hmm. and that's something which has t- held me back from doing things I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So um, most mortgages you get, you, you take, will have early redemption charges for whatever fixed, for whichever period you've got, and they will. Um, phase them down it's not the word right word I'm looking for but they will just taper them down so for example if I took a three year mortgage out today or I have recently for the if I try and if I change mortgages so I find a better product and I want to switch that mortgage the ERC is 3% of the mortgage amount so if my mortgage is 500,000 it's 15 grand Mm -hmm. 
so that stops them from making any decisions. Next year, it'll be 2%, so that's 10,000, and then obviously yeah. five years. So these things I sort of weigh up, and that's the reason, Just and that's just explaining my rationale. So I, when I do two years, I'm not thinking necessarily about always just the rates. It's okay if something changes. and Because even if I sell yeah. that property, if I redeem the mortgage, I still have an early redemption yeah, yeah, charge yeah, to pay. Right. So that's why I look at two years, because... Increased flexibility. Increased flexibility. As we know, property is pretty illiquid, and then if I have to get capital out and then have to give the banks even more money, that, that causes me even bigger problems. So that's... Uh, yep. I thought I'd explain that. No, that's very sensible. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I, I'm choosing to, to fix for longer for mine mm. um, because mine are, are, are very definitely and deliberately long-term investments that I'm intending to, to let yeah. sit there. Um, and, uh, and I want to try and ride out the, um, the current issues. Anyway, we'll see. Yeah, and I think that's the, that's the contrast of our portfolios, and I think that's why it's quite interesting. Because yeah, absolutely, in your situation, when I have one studio flat, which we rent out, which which always rents out, and actually sometimes I'd like not to think about it. So then a five year fixed, or if a ten year fix was a really good, if it was a superb rate, and for ten years I think, yeah, why not? And then I just don't have to think about it. It's a very different yeah. dynamic. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Right, I think we're going to end it there for this for today. Um, so, if you'd like to get more details on Stuart or myself, along with uh, notes on other things we've mentioned today, you can find that at thebusinessofproperty.com.